Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Here you go. Here you go. Glass ceiling. Nothing personal. Word of the day, Monday. Happy Monday, everybody. It's November 16th. Word of the day is glass ceiling. Big, big news came out of baseball, out of all places. Miami, out of all locations. Mike Hill, the black. Well, I don't know why we have to refer to general managers or to coaches by color. The general manager, president of baseball operations of the Marlins, was not retained. And the Marlins replaced him with Kim Ang. Wow, did that make news? People at CBS were jumping up and down, breaking news. Get on there, Samson. Talk about it. You were with the Marlins. What happened? What was the moment that Derek Jeter knew that he was going to hire Kim Ang? That's a simple one. Let me give you a little backstory here about a glass ceiling. Glass ceiling is an expression when in sports or any industry, it's not just about sports, when there is any group of people, women, minorities, short people, it's not really short people, it's mostly women and minorities, if not all, when there is a ceiling in a corporate world. Let's pretend you're an associate and you could become a VP, you could become a C-suite employee, which is a CEO, a COO, or a CFO. That's what a C-suite employee means. You get to be in the suite with the other leaders of the company. Oh, it's exciting, right? Except there's a moment when people say they can't go higher. And there's a ceiling above them that's glass because they look up and they see S-E-E, what it could be if they could only get into that part of the company. So when you run a company and you're the president and you are promoting people, there are many reasons why I wouldn't promote people. And the top two, which made up 99.99% is opportunity and skill. If there's someone in a position and they're doing well, you're not going to promote someone to take that position because that's not good for your company. If there's an open position and there's someone below who is not able to take that position, regardless of whether it's a woman or a minority or anybody, you're not going to do that. Because at the end of the day, my responsibility in filling positions is efficiency and profit and increasing revenue and decreasing expenses and increasing profit margin. That's the goal. So the glass ceiling is this expression that started when people in my position did not use those two criteria. Instead, there was opportunity. The person below had the skill, but the person hiring said, nope, I'm going to pass you over like Passover. 
I'm going to pass you over because I don't like how you look. I don't like what sex you are, your gender. I've never met anybody actually through all my years with executives and speaking to other executives on teams, speaking to corporate leaders. I've never had a conversation one time with someone who said that they would not hire a woman or a person of color. It just sort of happens. So is it a prejudice that exists and that is people are born into? I'd like to believe the answer to that is yes, and the people who have those prejudices are dying off. And the people who are now in positions of power and in position to do hiring recognize that it's in their best interests. Not that that's different. It's always been that way. That it's in their best interest to hire the best person for the job. So the question is, what's the job and how do you find the right person? Then if there's a tie, what can you do to make our society better? And this is when it gets complicated. Because let's pretend that to be the general manager of the Marlins, there were two candidates, one named John Doe and two named Kim Ang. It's a man who's white and a woman who happens to be Asian American. They are both equally qualified. You sit and do the interview, and that's what we do. We do interviews. And you decide who's going to be best for your company. If there is an opportunity to advance gender equality, if there's an opportunity to advance minority inclusion and diversity and inclusion and to increase belonging in your company, in a tie situation, much like in baseball, you say a tie goes to the runner. That was before instant replay. Now there are no ties. I guess a tie just goes to what the umpire says. But in a tie situation, we have to teach executives to have the instinct to go with a woman or a person of color if the industry doesn't have women or people of color in large numbers. In an industry where women are the majority or people of color are the majority, then I would argue the other way. In a tie, you go to the five foot five Jewish guy. So to me, this celebration this weekend made me sad. And it made me sad because in 2020, I have no idea why we have to celebrate the hiring of a woman to be a GM. The Marlins leaned in on this celebration in a way that I would have as well. I would have tried to maximize the PR by hiring Kim. Kim has been in baseball. She's 51 years old. She's been, she's a baseball lifer. She's had jobs all the way up and down the system. She has been in the commissioner's office since 2011. She's interviewed to be a GM before. And I've been in the game when she interviewed and I know why she didn't get a job before and no one's saying it. She didn't get a job before because it wasn't a tie. That means that she was not the most qualified person to get that job, but she kept at it. She kept interviewing and she was this weekend, the best qualified person to get the job in Miami. Now what's the job in Miami? 
The job in Miami is to know Derek Jeter. The job in Miami is to have been a Yankee. The job in Miami is to understand the way Derek Jeter and Gary Denbo operate. The job in Miami is to realize that you will not be able to break any ties, that Derek Jeter and Gary Denbo will be making the majority of the decisions, but they need help with quote unquote GM ish activities, administrative, which is not in any way. And I hear people yelling. I am not in any way impugning Kim Ang's ability to be a GM in Major League Baseball. I am celebrating the fact that she crashed through the glass ceiling. As I tweeted, I only hope that she is the first of many and we don't talk about it anymore. We don't talk about it when a white person becomes a GM. We only talk about it when a person of color becomes a GM. Now we talk about it when a woman becomes a GM. Wouldn't it be amazing to just talk about whether or not they're going to suck, whether or not they've got power, whether or not the team is going to be better? Do you think there's GMs in baseball who don't want to deal with a woman GM? Don't be ridiculous. They could care less. I could care less who I dealt with. I want to deal with someone smart and someone who will do deals and someone who I can win deals against, but they think they're winning deals against me. That's the criteria that I look for in other teams' GMs. So don't scream at me. I'm not not celebrating. Sorry for the double negative here on a Monday. I'm not not celebrating Kim's job because she fit the exact criteria that Derek needed. You fire a black GM, you know that there was pressure for Major League Baseball to bring in a minority GM. That's just a fact. I'm sorry. Someone's going to say it, and it's going to be me on nothing personal. No matter how much Coca and I can argue during the pregame show, and today was full of arguments because he's grumpy and tired, and I'm dizzy, which I don't like being. Being dizzy sucks. If you've got dizzy as a, um, what is it? what's the word Coca? Not a condition, but as a symptom. It's not of COVID. I'm not sure what it is a symptom of, but I've just been dizzy recently. Like when you get up and get that head rush as though you've had too much to drink, even though I haven't been drinking at all. So the pregame argument, the pre-show argument was we have to make sure that people understand that you're not being personally bitter toward Derek Jeter for getting this attention. And the answer is, I'm not. He made the exact perfect hire from a PR standpoint. He made the exact perfect hire from an ability standpoint. It was a perfect deal for baseball because the numbers get to improve in terms of women and inclusion. It was perfect on all counts. The reality of that signing, of that hire, is that in that Marlins organization, the power rests with Derek, the power rests with Gary, and Kim will be brought in and is brought in to run the business side of the baseball organization. And she's really good at it. And she should have been hired decades ago to do that. And that makes this a smart, good hiring. And that makes this an important hiring. And now what Kim needs to do and what other teams need to do, get more women at all levels of the organization. Let women do what Kim did, is to touch all different departments, player development, scouting, be around the big league team. We see more women now coaching. We see more women trainers. We are seeing more women everywhere in sports This now, this hiring makes her the highest titled woman. But let's, 
what we called, I don't know if we use this expression, Coca, uh, in, in, in the, the non-corporate world, but backfilling. Backfilling is when you're trying to build your prospect system. You're trying to build your organization. We do that in the marketing department, the sales department, the finance department. You backfill because you don't want it so that one person holds the key to your success because that person could have an unfortunate demise. That person could get a better offer and leave. That person could have family issues. Who knows? You have to backfill because guess what happens on a Friday when someone loses his or her job? Someone's at that desk on Monday on Wall Street. Quick Wall Street story. We would be amazed. I would sit at Morgan Stanley when I was there. And it was the most incredible thing, actually. Someone would get fired. And within two hours, there would be a team of people. It always reminded me of Harvey Keitel, the cleaner in Pulp Fiction, when he came in and he had a uh, clean the brain matter with Samuel Jackson and John Travolta from the guy who was accidentally shot from the big kahuna burger in the beginning of the movie. And that's when John Travolta put on the UC Santa Cruz banana slugs t-shirt. That's my favorite t-shirt ever that I have several of in every size because it's a real school and a real shirt. And Harvey Keitel comes in and tells him how to clean, et cetera. And all of a sudden, Quentin Tarantino said, my wife's coming home. So hurry up. Okay. That's what happens on Wall Street. Someone gets fired or someone even worse decides to go to a competitor like Goldman Sachs or Merrill Lynch or anywhere else. People come in. They don't have hazmat stuff on, but maybe in the time of COVID they would now. They come in. The desk is cleaned off completely. Then it's cleaned. Then a new computer is put on. Then a programmer comes and programs the computer. Then a phone is dropped off. Then the phone guy comes in and sets up the phone. Then it's programmed into all the numbers are programmed into the phone. Then you get an earpiece. Then you get a microphone to talk into. Then you get power cords. Then you get notebooks of, let's say, Morgan Stanley notebooks of different sizes, pens. All of it's done. New chair. Everything ready to go brand new, two hours, and then all of a sudden, there's someone sitting there. The expression, the king is dead. Long live the king. It happens whether you're the president of a team. I was out of my office like at 10 o'clock on October 2nd, 2017, and Jeter was in the damn chair taking pictures with my sanitizer machine five minutes later. It's amazing. I have no idea why that came to me, but that's just how life goes. Don't get too comfortable. Be ready to pack your things at a moment's notice. Glass ceiling word of the day. Congratulations to Kim Ang. Congratulations to the Marlins on their hire. Let's make it count and let's make it so there'll never be another nothing personal segment about diversity and about people of inclusion and belonging. Let's not do another segment, Coca. Until right now. NFL's doing the same sort of thing. Coca's mad at me. Angry with me. People get angry. Dogs get mad. He's angry because he wanted to do this segment last week. And as a good producer and runs a show, we discuss it. And this time I prevailed and I was wrong. So Coca's now emboldened going forward. When he tells me to do a segment, he doesn't want an argument. The segment is on the NFL diversity 
hiring practice because 10 months ago on this show, we talked about a program that the NFL was going to institute where they were going to reward teams for hiring diverse coaches, general managers, offensive, defensive coordinators, and there'd be a sliding scale of reward. And then there was silence. Nothing came of it. And last week, late in the week, I think it was late in the week, we didn't do a show Friday. By the way, shout out to people who missed the show Friday. Thank you. We will tell you when we're not going to do a show going forward because it's not nice. And I get a lot of people asking. So this way you could just listen and hear, hey, tomorrow there's no show. But hey, I'm not saying that because tomorrow there is a show. So out of nowhere, NFL announces what its new rules are in a resolution that passed the NFL, instead of rewarding teams to sign diverse head coaches and general managers, they did a full 180, which is a total oxymoron because by definition, a 180 is only half a round. But I guess you can still do a full 180 because if you're only trying to do a 180, you go full, that's a full 180. But it's a half a circle. They are now, the NFL, this is amazing. I want to read it so you have it exactly right. If you are a team who has employed a person of color or a woman, and that person gets taken from your team and becomes a coach, head coach, or a general manager of another team, the team who does the hiring gets nothing and loses nothing. But the team which loses the coach or GM, they get compensation. Stay with me. Let's pretend that the New England Patriots have a coach named Mary Jones. Mary Jones is a video coach. The Dolphins hire Mary Jones to be the offensive coordinator. That's not good enough. Three, two, one. Let's pretend you have Mary Jones, who works for the New England Patriots as an offensive coordinator and is hired by the Dolphins to be the head coach. The New England Patriots will then receive, wait for it, extra draft picks. Does that make sense to me? The New England Patriots lose Mary Jones. The Dolphins, their rival in the AFC East, hire Mary Jones. But the Dolphins hire Mary Jones knowing full well that their competitor, the New England Patriots, will then get extra draft picks, which we all know is the reason they're not good this year, even though they won last night, because Bill Belichick said that, listen, we've had low draft picks. Our drafts have been fine, but we don't get a lot of great picks because we do so well. So the Dolphins, when they're hiring someone and there's a tie between Mary Jones with the Patriots or David Sampson with the New York Giants in the NFC, if I'm running the Dolphins, I'm not hiring Mary Jones and giving the Patriots extra draft picks. I'm hiring David Sampson from the Giants and giving them the extra draft picks. See in the Super Bowl. What the NFL has done is inadvertently made it 
So teams are now disincentivized from poaching women or diverse candidates from either rivals or sometimes from any team. When you look on the calendar, the NFL knows its opponents. They give the opponents to the schedule a year in advance. I'm telling you right now. Sorry, Coca. I'm telling you right now I'm looking. If I know that I'm playing the Giants and I'm the Dolphins, I don't want to give them extra picks. And if it's a tie, I'm going to go to a person to hire who I don't, who I know will not get extra picks from the NFL. On top of that, NFL owners did not consult one time any diverse anybody to talk about this. On top of this, all of the minority can all of the minorities in football basically were despondent with this because they actually want to be hired on their own merit. They don't want picks associated with them. The Chiefs, let me give you an example here. The Kansas City Chiefs, favored to win the Super Bowl again, won the Super Bowl last year. Their offensive coordinator is named Eric Bieniemy. You you've heard of him, maybe. He is a, I mean, offensive coordinator. If you don't watch football, they've got Patrick Mahomes. They've got an unbelievable offense, and they, along with the Steelers, will go to the AFC Championship game. I assume. Not a wait to see, but that's the favored. He is an African American coach for the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, let's pretend that you are a team this offseason, who needs to hire a head coach. Do you think it's going to factor in that you don't want the Chiefs to get two extra third-round picks, which is exactly what the compensation would be if someone takes Eric Bieniemy, moves him to be head coach? Do you think that now Eric Bieniemy is saying to himself, I'm totally screwed? No one's going to hire me because I work for such a great team. And he's right. So here's what's going to happen with the NFL. They're going to realize immediately that this rule, this fakakta rule, excuse the Yiddish, don't excuse it. It means this rule that makes no sense, that is going to hurt more than it's going to help. And this is not an example of no good deed goes unpunished. This is an example when you don't include people who are impacted by decisions you're making, the odds are you're going to make the wrong decision. Side note here, Coca, way less important than diversity, inclusion, and belonging and everything that we're trying to do in that regard. Do you know there are people who build stadiums and they don't bother asking anyone who's going to use the stadium? how to do it or what they need. Do you know there's people who build studios and they don't bother asking the people who sit in the studio, who use the studio, little things that are necessary when you're building a studio? It's like we, when we built Marlins Park, we had committees made up of people who use the areas that we were building. It's like building a clubhouse, but not speaking to the clubhouse manager about certain things that would make it easier to run a clubhouse more efficiently and therefore more costly. It's like building a studio and not asking an anchor or not asking a analyst, well, where do you like sitting? How do you like walking onto set? 
because we're building it from scratch. We can do it any which way we want. It's insane. Not as insane as having a bunch of NFL owners, not exactly the most diverse group in the world, and having them put together a program to try to pretend to be helpful because they only have four head coaches. Now it's up to six because two guys got fired and then two interim coaches were diverse and people of color, it's up to six. I think there's only two NFL GMs who were minorities. They're trying to give teeth to the Rooney rule, which is the same as the Selig rule, which is two rules in sports in NFL and MLB, where they're trying to increase racial minority hiring. It's not going to work. NFL, they stepped in it. All right, Coca, we covered it. We were late, but we got it. When we come back, we're going to review a movie that you can watch on mute if you watch it at all. And then we're going to get to a, a So You Want to Talk to Samson because I'm a little behind because we didn't have a show Friday. So there's a whole lot of questions that need to be answered. And I chose one that made me smile. We'll be right back on Nothing Personal. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Cards issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens. And that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com Welcome back to Nothing Personal. Today is October 16th, 2020, except it's definitely not. It is November 16th, 2020. A shout out to my father, who unfortunately is spending his birthday in the hospital. Happy birthday. I know that this may give you 45 minutes of something during your birthday. You may smile. You may laugh. You may be despondent, but happy birthday, dad. So I watch a movie every day. 
there's a bunch of TV series I'm watching. I'm going to be able to review here over the next couple of weeks. But I watched a movie on Hulu. Let me give you the scenario. When I sit down to choose a movie I'm going to watch, I do it according to how I'm feeling that particular day. If I'm feeling a little mellow, I'm going to choose a movie that is going to actually make me even more mellow. I lean into whatever mood I'm in. If I'm feeling happy, if I've potentially done anything that would alter any brain chemistry, I'm going to take anything into account where I, when I choose what I'm doing. If I'm in the mood to learn, I'm going to watch a documentary. If I'm in the mood to listen to music, I'll watch something with music, a musical or a documentary with music. Whatever, I, I figure out my mood. I was in the mood this weekend for a movie for a movie that would be brainless. I just wanted fun. I wanted stupid. I wanted to laugh. And I wanted nudity. Not in that particular order. So I went on the inter-Google and I found a movie on Hulu called The Swing of Things. The Swing of Things stars Luke Wilson. It's got to be good. It's Luke Wilson. And remember, folks, I don't read reviews before I see movies. I don't want to know what someone else thinks. I'll decide. Court Overstreet, don't know who he is. John Lovitz, oh my God, I love him. And then this incredibly gorgeous woman who I later found out was Miss Universe or something, Miss World or Miss America. I think it was bigger than Miss America. I think her name is Olivia Culpo and she won something major. So I put on the movie. It took me seven minutes to realize that this is going to be the stupidest movie I've ever seen with no Nothing. It doesn't matter if you're stoned. It doesn't matter if you're drunk. It doesn't matter if you are general, have a general proclivity towards stupid movies. It doesn't matter if you want a brainless activity. It is 39 levels below. Now, watch the first 20 minutes on mute because clearly it's rated NC-17. So if you're into that, why not? Luke Wilson, I don't know why he took this. I can only assume that Hulu paid him a tremendous amount of money because his role is horse crap. His lines are worse. And when he delivered them, I assume that he was saying, oh my God, I need a new stereo system. I'm going to put a down payment on a, on a home because otherwise there is no reason in the world to do this movie. John Lovitz had two scenes and I could only imagine that he just doesn't get hired to do movies anymore. I think because his scenes were ridiculous. Court Overstreet trying to be the male lead is so dumb that it's beyond recognition. There is not one redeeming quality. There's some full frontal nudity, I guess. All right, there's one redeeming quality of the swing of things on Hulu. Do yourself a favor and have the fast forward button ready. Make sure the mute is on. Get disgusted, get judgmental, and then move on. What a waste of 90 minutes. The swing of things. It's on Hulu. All right, Coca, let's catch some people up now on the concept of what it is to tank. You know what I want? I want to talk to Samson. Just to remind people what that is. So you want to talk to Samson is when you get on my Twitter, David P. Samson. Please follow Please, please, I'm begging you, please. I think that's a song. I'm begging you, please. That's not, that's not how it goes. It's uh, 
I'm begging you. David P. Sampson, Twitter, David P. Sampson, Instagram, ask a question, and then Coca will help choose with me what we're going to talk about. And there are questions generally always about subjects we want to talk about. So thank you for that. I'll try to answer in Twitter if I don't get to it on the show, but it's not always going to happen. But I love, but I read, by the way, someone, and it's 100% me, 0% Coca, reads the questions. Because I go to the bathroom like a lot. So I have a lot of time where I can take the phone right here, keep calm and carry on. And I can read through and read the questions. Here's what it was. David, love the podcast. Thanks, man. By the way, that's a hell of a start. I've got a question. I'm a Jaguars fan. That's the football team in Jacksonville, for those of you who don't know or don't care. The team's clearly tanking. As president, would you have tanked if there was a can't-miss prospect? If so, how would you discuss it with players, and how would you keep the clubhouse invested? We've spent some time talking about taking on this show. That we have. The reason why this question was interesting to me is there is some misunderstanding that fans still have. So I want to clarify it. I want to make it easier for you to understand. There is not one president, there is not one GM, not one, who would ever discuss tanking with players. We would discuss it with the coach. We would discuss it with the GM if you're the president and explain what our plan is. We would never tell the players and admit to the players that we did not want to win a game. They would know. You know me. I don't like wasting my time. I don't like wasting your time. And I take time very seriously. Because as a control freak... It's the one thing I don't have enough of. I can't buy more of. I can't sell any of. I can't somehow, unless I'm Justin Timberlake and Amanda, Justin Timberlake and Amanda Seyfried, I can't get more of it. So therefore, I'm not going to waste it. And just know that I treat your time. This gets me in trouble, Coca, by the way, the whole time concept. Because I don't like lunch meetings. I don't like dinner meetings. I don't like all of the bullshit that happens during the course of a meeting, which is like the preamble. What do we call that? We used to call it the getting to know you. You know, when people send you a text, hey, how are you? It's been a while. Hope you're doing well. I am family's good. My job is good. I was wondering, is there any way you can help me with tickets to this concert? I had to read that whole preamble just to get to what you wanted. Or a salesperson who says, hey, I just want to check in on you, see how you're doing, everything well. By the way, there's an upgrade to your car. Do you want a new car? Just get to it. It's a good lesson, by the way. And I can get accomplished in a lunch meeting before the order's taken what I came for. Because when I go into a meeting, I say, listen, Here's the four things that are going on. Here's the two things I need from you. Here's the two things I can do for you in order for you to do the two things that I need you to do for me. Are we good? We'll talk about it for a few moments. And then the waiter comes and says, can I get drinks? What am I going to do the rest of the time? Small talk? Not interested. 
N-I, not interested. So I always know what I'm going to talk about before I enter into a situation. When it comes to players, I know I'm never going to talk about tanking with them because I know they know. They know I know they know. So there's no reason to discuss it. The next part of the question, how do I keep the clubhouse invested? When we're tanking, I don't want them invested. (laughs) That's the joke of it. That's the truth of it. When you're tanking, you want to lose as many games as possible. You want to get as high a draft pick as possible. You have cut the payroll in such a way that they're all a bunch of young players, which can sometimes backfire because not like the movie Major League, which backfires when they're trying to tank and they end up winning the division. In baseball, that's not a real story. It doesn't work that way. When you're tanking, you're not going to win the division, but you may win more games than you expected because if you have too many young players, those young players could end up trying to play well because they're playing for themselves. They're trying to get numbers. So they're trying to hit home runs. They're trying to get on base, et cetera. So to get a clubhouse invested in the tanking, no one's going to be invested in it because they all think they're not going to be there by the time the team gets good. There was a funny story that came out when the Braves weren't good. They signed Freddie Freeman to a long-term deal and they announced Freddie Freeman who just won MVP. We're going to get to that on a wait to see, by the way, because we won that one. There was a conversation when Freddie Freeman signed his long-term deal with the Braves. We spoke to Freddie. Freddie's all in. Freddie's invested in what we're doing. Here comes the line. Wait for it. Three, four, five. I want to see this through. (laughs) Whenever a player signs a long-term deal, and has a line at a press conference that says, I want to see this through. I want to be here when it gets good again. They're being totally disingenuous. I don't mean like slightly disingenuous. I mean totally disingenuous. They signed that deal because that was the best deal. They wanted family security. They wanted to stay in one place while a child grows up or they want to stay in one place so they don't have to travel. They want to be near family. They want to be far away from family. Whatever the case is, It is them and their agent saying, this is the most money I'm going to get ever. So I'm taking it right now. Freddie Freeman, I like him. I know him. I'm not criticizing him at all. And he and I laughed at Ugla's wedding about funny things that go on with players and what they say. And that was not a flex. Dan Ugla was a player who is still someone I'm in touch with. And I was at his wedding and it was fun. Just like you go to weddings, he's just a friend. I'm just a friend. But in any case, tanking. Don't care if the clubhouse is invested. Tanking. Don't care to discuss it with the players. Tanking for a can't-miss prospect? No. You tank because you know that you do not have a chance to win and you do not want to make the investment in players that are necessary to try to put winning together faster than it will naturally evolve by helping your system or by getting better players, whether that's baseball or in football. Football tanking, baseball tanking, it all happens. It works sometimes. It doesn't work other times. But you don't do it according to a year where there is a prospect coming out who's a quote-unquote can't-miss prospect because that's an oxymoron. There's no such thing as a can't-miss prospect. 
even in football. Most football first rounders will play in the NFL. Most will have decent careers, but enough that you'd purposefully tank. No, you tank when you have money issues. You tank when you have competitive issues. So you want to talk to Samson. Thank you. Appreciate that. Okay. I want to talk about the New Orleans Saints for a minute because I I keep getting this wrong, Coca, and I just don't understand why. I really don't. Roger Goodell has said that he is going to find teams and individuals who wear their mask under their nose or under their chin. He is going to find teams and or individuals who do not follow COVID-19 protocols. COVID is spiking again. The NFL is desperately trying to get a 16-game season done in 17 weeks. They desperately need to get through the playoffs and to an on-time Super Bowl on February 7th in Tampa. They find the Raiders. Do you remember we covered this on Nothing Personal last week? You would if you downloaded and subscribed. So thank you. They find the Raiders a huge amount of money, but they took draft picks away. Remember the conversation we had earlier in the show about draft picks in the NFL? They matter greatly. The Raiders lost draft picks because of the parting of the charity benefit that a bunch of their players went to for one of their teammates. And we talked about it on the air and said, you know, teams know better now. There's no more finding. There's wait to see. And I got it totally wrong because more teams kept getting fined. But now it's even worse. The New Orleans Saints, after they beat the Buccaneers eight days ago, remember that game 38 to three, it was a total wipeout of the Buccaneers. It turns out that after the game, Coach Sean Payton led a post-game celebration that was in violation of the COVID-19 protocols. The violation is they were dancing, they were celebrating, they were hanging out, they were doing whatever they were doing. Coach Payton participated in this celebration. Coach Payton has already been fined for for not wearing his mask properly. And guess what? They are totally screwed. They're going to lose draft picks just like the Raiders did. If you're a team president, after what happened with the Raiders, we saw what Mark Davis, the owner, did. The owner owner came out and said, these punishments are draconian, which just means they're unfair. These punishments are wrong, but we feel as though, and John Gruden echoed this, the coach of the Raiders, we feel as though we follow everything and we do the right thing and we're being made an example of. I've spoken to the commissioner about this. The commissioner doesn't make examples. He finds you for stupidity. He finds you for blatant disregard of a rule that he's made clear to you from ownership on down time and time again. Is any of this sounding familiar? Like the Astros garbage can cheating scandal? Huh? Samson, it's a Monday. What? 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 How do those relate? Here's how they relate. There are people who got away in the sign-stealing scandal because they weren't aware of the rules. 
even though that's ridiculous. Of course they were aware of the sign-stealing rules and what was allowed and what wasn't allowed. Every team spoke to its players and coaches and GMs. Every team knew what the rules were for sign-stealing. Are we supposed to believe there are players out there who don't know what the protocols are for COVID-19? I don't care where you are politically, but don't you know about mask wearing and that you're supposed to wear it above your nose, not below your nose? Don't you know that you're supposed to wear it when you're indoors? Don't you know what the NFL rules and the protocols are? Don't you? Is it possible that the New Orleans Saints could say, oh my God, we're not supposed to do celebrations? I had no idea. It's BS. Of course they knew. And the Saints are going to get penalized the same as the Raiders. I'm going to do a couple wait to sees. Wait to see is when we... God, I can't believe the Saints violated this so much. I wonder what Gail Benson's going to say. These are draconian, these punishments. Wait to see. The Saints are going to get the same punishment as the Raiders. They're going to lose draft picks. And I'm going to give you a bonus wait to see where I write them down. I revisit them the next day or whenever they, it could be the next year, whenever they happen. The next team to blatantly violate NFL COVID policy is going to get even harsher penalties than what the Raiders got and what the Saints will get because my first way to see is the Saints will get the same punishment as the Raiders because Roger Goodell is not going to want to be even harsher. He'll give the Saints, quote unquote, a pass by only doing to them what the Raiders had done to them. But then he's going to again meet the owners who will again meet the presidents, who will again meet the GMs, who will again meet the players and say, hey, next time it's going to be worse. And if I'm an owner of a team and my team does this, It's not going to happen. Nothing personal. Pick of the day. We're back to a pick because I'm 32 and 30 and I'm tired of it. We've only been, we've been 32 and 30 now for a couple of days. There's a game tonight between the Bears and the Vikings. That used to be a great game. The Purple People Leaders back in the day. The Vikings, the Bears, the Bears are having a great season. Or they were. Remember we took the Bears and we won because we picked against them. The Bears bandwagon is emptying out as though Noah's Ark has gotten to shore. People are running so fast. They don't know where to go. They can't get off it fast enough. The Vikings are favored by three points over the Chicago Bears. Am I crazy to do this? I'm doing it because I want to get back up by a field goal. The Vikings will cover and beat the Bears. It's not a way to see. It's just a pick. Vikings are minus three over the Bears. It sucks when you are a team, when you start off a football season, the way the Bears did, they were winning all these games. And everyone said, oh, my God, this is amazing. They're, they're totally outperforming. When you, when you see that happening, you have to wait when you're running that team. When you're a fan of that team, you don't wait at all. You assume, hey, this is our year. All of the pundits were wrong. When you're running the team, we've talked about this a little bit, nothing personal. You have to wait a little bit. Right now, they're a little more than halfway through the season, which would be like three months of a baseball season, which would be the end of June. If you have a good record, you say, hey, there's a long way to go. The Bears are now playing the way the Bears have played and were supposed to play. Come on, don't get mad at me, all the people in Chicago who are listening and watching. You know. Come on, the Bears. It's just business. It's nothing personal. Here you go. Here you 
go.